Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Raise your hand if you would love to have a consistent social media posting schedule that didn't require too much time or too much effort, and that you consistently felt confident with what you're going to post is actually going to work, get results without paying an outsider to do it for you, and that your marketing efforts actually give you the result that you're after, more followers, more engagement, and ultimately, of course, more clients. So if you're answering yes and nodding your head to all of the above, well, you're not alone, because let's be honest, social media marketing isn't always easy to juggle or to navigate as a busy salon owner. And what makes it trickier is that you're not a one-size-fits-all approach to marketing. It's just not going to work. As a result, posting and engaging on social media can easily get dropped, especially when you get busy wearing, you know, a million different hats. So the question is, how can you attract dream clients into your salon without having to spend a fortune on marketing or too much time and effort that quite frankly, you just don't have. So I want to introduce you to Tamara Reed. Now, Tamara is an absolute icon in the beauty industry, spending her career in just about every role that we can think of before landing at Timely Salon Software. You know, I worked there, company close to my heart. So in this episode, discover the secrets to a low-cost, low-effort marketing strategy, why collaboration over competition is key, and an honest conversation about running a successful salon. I know you're going to love this episode. She's a gem. Let's dive in. Let's meet Tamara. Tamara, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Yeah, likewise, Larissa. Thank you so much for having me today. So before we dig in, and uh, we've got lots of really interesting things to talk about, um, let's do this first very quickly. Um, Tamara, where are you in the world? Who are you? Or like, what have you been doing in your career to date that's brought you to what you're doing now? Yeah, so I'm in Melbourne, Australia. It is the middle of summer. However, it feels like the middle of winter. So not loving being in Melbourne at the moment, but we are where we are. Um, and who am I? Well, um, I am a mum to a two-year-old boy, first time. So that is just a whirlwind. But um, career-wise, who am I? Uh, beauty therapist first and foremost I have done almost every single role in the industry you could think of from spa therapist to beauty therapist to international um, cruise ship therapist I've been an educator I've been a business development manager um, I've run my own business Butte industry which was a community we went from 15 people in a Facebook group to 10,000 um, and then I started a non-for-profit industry association called the Aesthetic and Beauty Industry Council, otherwise known as ABIC. And um, about a year ago to date, I merged the both of those together. And I now sit at the wonderful business Timely, which is a business management software and also salon biz. Um, and my role is global head of strategic partnerships. And I've got a team in the US, the UK, New Zealand and Australia. So I've got a bit on. <laughs> 
I love that we have virtually crossed paths many times, uh, but never actually met or been at the same place at the same time. So uh, you and I have a mutual love for timely software. And I was just saying before we pushed record, really it's because of uh, the amazing culture and ethics that time we have, which they, they continue to have. So um, it's great to actually spend some time with you. Today, I'm excited to talk about one of the biggest challenges, I think, for our industry, both hair and beauty, is how do we attract great clients into the business when we're either small, up-and-coming business, like when we haven't nailed like, uh, repeatable strategies yet, or the bu marketing budget is super small, or you're just trying a bunch of stuff and nothing is working. So I'm really excited to, to chat with you today about a couple of low-cost but also low-effort strategies that our owners can try in attracting new clients into the business. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Yeah, of course. And you know, Larissa, um, in business development and educational roles, I've traveled around speaking to solopreneur businesses, uh, teams of people to corporate locations, which means you kind of have, you know, one owner, multi-sites and even franchises. And the biggest thing I found other than spending a mass amount of money on marketing is collaboration. And that is the best dollars spent that you could possibly do in the best the best place you can put your time as a business owner. And the thing about collaboration is when your audience matches up to their audience and you have one aligned vision and goal and purpose and you set your objectives from the beginning, it is absolute magic. And the thing that always surprises me is when I say to people, you know, they come to me and say, tomorrow I can't get new clients or, you know, I'm feeling stagnant. My business has hit a, you know, hit a rock in the road. And I say, what brands are you collaborating with? Who are you talking to out there? Are you, you know, going out and meeting other people? And they go, no, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that, you know? And it's such an easy way just by starting a conversation that you can make some real traction in your, um, in your business and in your revenue. So, yeah, I guess, you know, I think people don't realize the benefits of collaboration. So let's just start there. So first benefit of collaboration is access to knowledge, right? So my, my big thing is you can't be everything to everybody. And so a beauty therapist or a hairstylist, for example, that's your specialty. So go in, perform an exceptional service every single day and do what you do really well. When you collaborate with someone else, i.e. a naturopath, for example, they're the expert in their field, right? So now you suddenly have this wealth of knowledge at your fingertips that you can refer onto. So if your client's hair is falling out postpartum or if their skin is flaring up with post-inflammatory pigmentation postpartum, again, you can tell I've had a baby two years ago, can't you? <laughs> um, you know, you can refer across to this naturopath. You don't have to know all of the answers, but because you've got this network of referral people who are the expert in their status, it just gives you that next level of access and expertise as well. So first things first is access to knowledge. So figure out where your strengths are and then find complementary strengths. So that might be a personal trainer or a, you know, a health food store. It might even be a Pilates center, you know, someone who can complement your business. So first things first benefit access to knowledge. Second thing is competitive advantage. So businesses that collaborate with other businesses are always going to have a better position in the client's mind than a business who doesn't collaborate with another business. So take um, 
leveraging the partnership, for example. So you might have a mutual clientele, a mutual database that you want to share, and your gym around the corner might also have a fantastic database, right? You might join in an event together and you say for every single ticket that we sell or every person who comes to this event, we can share that client's details now because they've signed in to you know, buy the ticket or come to the event or whatever that might be. And now we have this competitive advantage to both market to this customer. So let's do something like a Saturday gym workout and then a blowout afterwards because most people are going to go to dinner or go to drinks on a Saturday night after your 9 a.m., 10 a.m. group session workout, right? So that is a competitive advantage on your menu for your clients. And something as simple as that, people just have that light bulb moment and go, oh my goodness, why didn't I think of that before? But yeah, it's it's something that I've seen work so well in the past. Another benefit for collaboration is that it enhances your credibility and your image, right? And we've seen this lots through the online world of social media where influencers and celebrities go to a particular salon or have a service or use that skincare brand. All of a sudden, their audience wants that as well. So I'm not saying Kim Kardashian's my favorite person in the world, but if I had Tamara's skincare routine and I had Kim Kardashian endorsing that, all of a sudden that enhances the credibility and image of my product range. So if you can find a local area influencer or, you know, degrade celebrity who can come into your space, get their hair done, maybe for an exchange of a post or something similar, that collaboration between your business and this person just lifts up the image of your brand. You obviously want to make sure that you're both aligned (laughs) on all of your values and um, your ethics before going down that pathway so that you can choose the right person, of course. And lastly, just um, if I can share one more with you, it's the increase your customer base, right? So as you said at the top of the conversation there, you want to get new bums on beds. You want to get bums in chairs. So with everything that you go into with this collaboration, you never want to suggest all your clients go one way and that person doesn't want to come back your way as well. So making sure that if you are referring to a naturopath, for example, that when your naturopath is seeing some skin conditions or, you know, brittle hair, that they're referring them back to you because and in the end, you are the expert in the hair or in the skin space. So you want to make sure that the ultimate goal is to, if your database is of 3,000 clients, increase that by 1500 or try and increase that as much as you possibly can. And how you do that is basically just going and starting these conversations, making sure that you're saying hello, getting out there, being social. Um, and look, you can only open the conversation and you never know what will happen. Probably for a lot of us, some of those really important people are already in our database. Often, once we start looking into the database, we have those people already there already visiting us, they already love us, we already have a relationship with them. It's just digging deep enough or asking your team or going through um, your software database to find them. Um, so we don't have to start a new relationship to have this, you know, starting from something that we already have is, is super valuable for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the time I find, Larissa, the therapist or the stylist are already naturally referring to this naturopath or this personal trainer or this mental health advisor yeah. And then when we ask the team, you know, they go, oh, yeah, I've I've already been doing that to Shelly down the road. And you go, oh, brilliant. Let's, you know, let's amplify this relationship. How can we do that more so that we can have this service available to all clients, not just your clients, you know? So, yeah. Just sharing the story or what's already happening outward. I think we forget that sometimes we're so 
insular and trying to solve all the problems inside of our business that we forget to look outwards or we forget to verbally, not literally, but, you know, share outwardly what's already happening inside of our business. That's often enough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, while we're talking about some collaborations, let's talk a little bit about um, local marketing. I know you've got a really good strategy up your sleeve for uh, utilizing what's close to us. Tell us more about that. Hey, are you loving this episode so far? Oh, by the way, it's Greta here, Salon Mastery Success Coach at Salon Owners Collective. So I wanted to pop in and ask you something. Do you ever feel like you are winging it when it comes to your business? You started your own business so that you could live the life you wanted with freedom that you wanted, earn great money and be a leader. But the reality is the amount of effort you're putting in isn't giving you an equal reward. You're exhausted and you don't know what to do about it. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get ahead. You see other people winning and seeing success, but how come it doesn't work for you? You wish you had a clear laid out plan something to guide you in the right direction or help you with what to do next. What can you do that actually works? In reality, many salon owners feel this way. You aren't alone. If you are nodding your head as you listen to this, then you need the Salon Mastery proven nine part plan to grow your salon. That's right. No more winging it. The Salon Mastery nine part plan has given hundreds of salon owners a plan to grow build a rockstar team, attract dream clients, and become a salon CEO. Our plan will work for you too. To uncover the nine part proven plan, just click the apply now link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, now back to the episode. Yeah, this is again, um, something that you don't have to splash too much cash around. You know, I know a lot of people think about marketing and straight away they go to big digital billboards and, oh, wait, I don't have that much money in my back pocket. It's fine because you often don't have to. So the biggest hallmark days or even really fun days on the calendar are the best marketing campaigns you can basically create for your clients. So Um, Some of my favorite are like National Pizza Day or National Donut Day. Um, If your business isn't quirky and fun like that, you may do something a little bit more serious like um, International Sustainability Day, uh, you know, or Are You OK Day if you're champion for mental health. And once you kind of drum up these campaigns and again, start looping in other businesses in your area, you might want to put on a morning tea with the cafe down the road who makes yellow or blue cupcakes you know or biscuits or something similar you might want to have a mental health um, psychologist who's around the corner from your business come in and do a session and you know speak to your VIP customers that morning at an in-person event in your space or you might have free blow waves for I don't know customers who you know, maybe go and see the psychologist, you know, you might want to do a little give back campaign. There's so many different options. Honestly, they're limitless. And I just thought of all of those off the top of my head, you know, that business owners can just put into play just by starting with a campaign. And there are so many different, I'm I'm sure people could just literally Google Hallmark Days Australia, you know, 2023, and they would find all of these incredible days come up and then just say, okay, how are we going to now activate this with our clients 
with potential new clients. You can see my cat's interrupting the story here as always. Um, and then obviously with, with our local area marketing. So approach absolutely everyone. You might find the butcher has an incredible story about sustainability and how they feed into, you know, grass-fed um, beef. Or you might find the florist down the road has an incredible mental health resource who you can tap into. You just never know once you start opening those conversations, the traction that these campaigns can take off. And often it's just this beautiful community vibe because you've got all of the different businesses in your area. And you can do this if you're in a shop or a strip or a mall or absolutely anywhere, really. I love this sort of whole idea of um, intentionally opening conversations with people wherever you are in your local community, like you said, at the butcher. Or, you know, I guess I wouldn't have even thought that starting that conversation or having a conversation or having some kind of relationship with the butcher might lead to some future activity, you know, um, or opportunity down the road. And it's just being confident, confident enough to start those conversations and be true, I guess, be truly interested in people, but then we'll have a payoff some, you know, somewhere further down the track. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, uh, you know, we talk to enough people on a daily basis, don't we, as therapists and hairdressers that often the last thing we want to do before we start our day or we finish the day is go and talk to more people. But I know when I've just recently moved house, the whole neighborhood came and said hello. And it was such a lovely little welcoming, you know, and I think we often do that when we first start business as well. We might go do the rounds and say, oh, hi, I'm just new here. I'm introducing myself. And then all of a sudden, seven years has gone past and we haven't spoken to the butcher or the florist mm -hmm. about business. You know, we may have bought some sausages to take home to, you know, our families, but we don't talk about business often with the people who are in business around us. So, yeah, you're right. It's just opening the conversation and you just never know where it can lead you. I really love this, um, the focus of this, because we spend so much time online we're on social media, we're on, you know, you and I work online, uh, even here in beauty businesses, we spend a lot of time online doing the marketing, doing the communication, all of those things. And this kind of feels like going back a little bit to just community roots and having real relationships with real humans. And I think uh, while digital is so important and it will continue to grow, having the balance of this sort of grounded piece, I think people really appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, these are strategies I've implemented 10 years ago when I was in business. And, you know, sometimes we have to retrain ourselves to, to think, yeah. you know, instead of doing a live with an influencer, can we do an in-person event instead? You know, the world is slowly somewhat reopening up. Let's get those old dusty campaign tools that we used to use and in-person events and, you know, give them a bit of a polish up and, and you'll just feel the magic straight away. Yeah, yeah. I love that. All right, this has been super valuable. I love that all of these things basically don't cost anything uh, and really start from a, a simple concept of having conversations and yeah. just sharing outwardly the conversations and the relationships that you have. Sharing is caring, maybe. It's a good mantra for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Are there any other strategies that come to mind that kind of fit into this nicely, Tamara? Yeah, I think the biggest thing here, as well as you've hit the head and the nail on the head, rather, about conversations is just community, right? And so we're talking about your local area community, partnerships and collaborations that you can foster. But two, you already have, whether you realize it or not, a community with your customers. 
And so what I'd love people to do and empower them to do is extract that community and start to foster it a small bit more. So when was the last time you might have had like a VIP night? I remember we used to do VIP nights for brands that we had in who were doing a new launch. We had an anti-aging VIP night. We had someone from the brand come in and speak about the brand. We had one of our oldest customers come in and talk about the treatments that they'd been having and the before and after results they had. Um, you can do that for anything, really, for Christmas, for Halloween, for Mother's Day, for Father's Day, all of your major hallmark days have your VIP nights around them. Why not? Get a bit of bubbles out, a bit of coffee, conversation. It's it's just pure joy. Um, but two, if you are in the virtual space, you can take this online. So take it into your Facebook groups. And one of my favorite things to do when I was managing spaces was have my VIPs in a Facebook group and get them to try out new products, new launches, get them to leave testimonials, get them in for trade tests. If we were launching a new service, a new massage, whatever that might be, get them in at you know a discounted rate or even a free rate if it's somebody brand new to your business. And they just love it. They think it is the absolute world. They feel like a little celebrity. And for someone who might spend, you know, five to ten thousand dollars in business in your business a year, you know, a free facial for 30 minutes while you're training someone, or you know, a training when you're um, a blowout rather, when you're training a stylist, it, it just goes beyond anything that you can say thank you to a client for, you know, and at the end of the day they are going to pass that along to all of their customers. And when a customer generally refers another customer, they're a similar customer. So if that one is referring, you know, if they're spending five to $10,000 in your business, you're likely going to have another customer that's quite similar to that as well. So foster the community, um, whether that's in person or online. Yeah, and, and like you said, the community that you already have, and I think it's also a great retention strategy to keep connected with them. You reminded me of some events that I used to run when I had my salon, and every season we would put out a fashion collection, mm. um, and really it started from training my team, new season collection, new season techniques and looks, and then we thought, hang on a minute, this is this is the, the models that are coming out of the training event this is really good quality work. We should be sharing it with the world. So we started to do photo shoots and then release it to our clients uh, to say that this is what's in fashion. You, this, you know, the fashion designers would do a, a runway show and do their release. But hang on a minute, why can't we do that too? Yeah. And then we turned from the photo shoot, we turned it into a, a live event and invited our clients and then the clients would vote on winners and um, we'd have some celebrity judges come in. So all sorts of things can happen. Just, just start small, do one little thing first and then the next time build it and add something else on and then the next time build it and add something else on. Because I know sometimes events can feel daunting. I know, you know, I remember a time when it felt daunting to me. I thought, oh my God, I have to do public speaking and <laughs> all of these types of things. So you can just start small and then each year or each season or each month or whatever you do, grow it naturally and organically so it doesn't feel like this little big monster thing that you have to do absolutely yeah and you know what every lesson is a blessing so start with your top 
10 clients. Next time, go a little bit bigger to 20. Next time, go to 30. You know, if you're not great at public speaking, get someone in your team who is, you know, don't pay a big social media manager to come and do socials. I'm sure someone in your team is a rock star on TikTok, you know, like delegate the the tasks that you find daunting to people in your team who don't find them daunting. Um, Yeah, great advice there. Start small. Yeah. Right. As a a busy working mother and uh, and you know what it's like to be a business owner, what is a a mantra or, or even a quote that is near and dear to your heart that keeps you sane in this busy time? Yeah, it's um it's quite a funny one, but it's it's kept me through some some rough times is um not my circus, not my monkeys. And so uh especially if you have a team, I know you're probably thinking this. Um, you know, sometimes our team can bring lots and lots of monkeys and lots of circus. <laughs> you know, people problems are are real that's for sure and clients we're in the silly season right now some of our clients are acting up like monkeys as well so um you know at the end of the day I kind of just try and sit there and separate myself from the circus and go not your circus not your monkeys tomorrow tomorrow's a new day move on I love that I think that's really good I think particularly in the hair and beauty industry when we're business owners it is hard to separate separate ourselves from the business. We are the business. It starts to become part of our identity and we're so entrenched in those relationships that we have not only with our team but with our clients that it is hard to separate and separate yourself from the circus and the monkey and, and it all becomes one. So I think that's super smart advice um, because tomorrow is another day. I love that. I love that a lot. What's a book or a podcast or a group that you've found, some kind of resource that you think all salon owners should get their hands on? I love the E-Myth revisited by Michael Gerber. Uh, I, it, in, in our business, we do so much repeatedly that we don't have to do repeatedly. And we house so much institutionalized knowledge in our brain as business owners who are on the floor that sometimes it's very difficult to train up new team members or induct them into the business. And so basically the e-myth is saying, well, how does a business like McDonald's produce the same hamburger every single McDonald's location around the world that you go? And it's about systemizing and putting policies and putting procedures into place. And so when you induct someone into your business, the first time you do that, make sure you've got copies of absolutely everything. And then so when you induct your next person into your business, you're not starting from scratch because you've already got your, your you know, your employee template or uh, maybe your induction checklist or your uniform policy or your hair policy, whatever you may have. Then you can just rinse and repeat. And then that induction becomes one hour rather than five hours. So, yeah, it's a brilliant book. Um, it's got lots of stories along the way. I think he's re- revisited, which is why it's called Revisited, but rewritten it uh, maybe four or five times. So it's consistently updated um, and you can easily get through it over a summer. Yeah, for sure. That was a, a very early book that I read in my business journey that really literally changed everything um, quite early on. And I'm very grateful for it. So it's a great book. A must read for sure. It is. Tamara, where can people find you, stalk you, find out more about you and what you do? What's your dub dub on your socials? 
Yeah, I'm on all the things. Um, Tamara Reed, there's three A's in there. So <laughs> Tamara, pretty easy to um to find. Uh, you can do that over .com or LinkedIn, Instagram, um, TikTok. I'm on all the places. Always happy to jump into the DMs and have a chat with anyone who wants. I love it. I really appreciate your words of wisdom today. It's been great. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Tamara, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It was great to dive into such important client attraction marketing strategies. Marketing for your salon doesn't have to require you to spend a huge amount of time or money. It's more about how well you align the message and the solution to your ideal client so they choose you over salon down the road. If you want to learn more about done-for-you marketing strategies and techniques that are proven to work and get your business growing, then this is for you. I'm looking to work with five salon owners to nail their client attraction strategies this month. So if you want to up-level your marketing with a done-for-you annual promotional plan to attract new clients consistently, discover what type of client and what type of content is going to best resonate and attract your ideal client into your salon and learn a simple tactical strategy to make social media easier, quicker, and more effective. Then all you need to do is click the apply now button in the show notes of this episode. Let's see if salon mastery is a right fit for you. Otherwise, I look forward to connecting with you again next time on the next episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.